So, has Liv Morgan sealed her fate by challenging Ronda Rousey to an Extreme Rules match? Has Logan Call booked an early visit to the funeral home by challenging the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel? Tune in to an edition of Top Rope Report to find out what Mr. Trivia and the Nugster think. Here's your host, Mr. Trivia. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another live edition of Top Rope Report here on Google Podcast, Facebook Live, Spotify, TalkShoe.com, and Anchor. I'm your host, the illustrious Mr. Trivia, and joining me every week as usual, my co-host, my tag team partner, my best friend, the best in the business, the number Greg. Greg, what's happening? Hey, not much, how are you? All right, Bill, Bill Cole, we're tuning in. Billy, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Friday Night Smackdown in the books. Decent, decent show. I mean, I can't wait to start talking about some of the matches. I mean, some of them were pretty good. Some of them were okay. You know, I mean, it was nice to see some things on there. You know, some of the promos could have been a little bit better. But, I mean, anytime you're ready to talk about the matches, I'm ready whenever you are. All right, who's starting? Um, I'll start. Okay. Um, so SmackDown opened up with Logan Paul kicking off SmackDown. Triv, take it away. Uh, I mean, you know, this uh, Logan Paul comes out and says he's going to have a press conference and he invites Roman Reigns to the press conference, which I understand Roman Reigns accepted and he'll be at the press conference. But... I mean, I, I don't know. I just have mixed feelings about this. I mean, I don't, I can't see him putting, if they do it, I mean, I'm sure. No, we're, we're, not, we're, not, we're, not, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about a match two months away. We're talking yeah. about the segment on SmackDown. We'll get after Nuggies News. I'm sure we're going to talk about that or during Nuggies News or whatever. But right now, we're talking right. about what happened on SmackDown. All right. Um. I mean, I thought uh, I thought the promo was okay. He's he's not too bad on the mic. He still needs a little bit of work. You know that the bloodline was going to come down and interfere. And Paul Heyman, nice to see him back. Um, but I don't know. I just thought that it was it was an okay uh, an okay promo by Logan Paul. You know, with him being on uh, his social media and everything, he's all used to talking and you know doing promos and everything. I. I gave it a C plus. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, after you know, after the whole Twitter, I mean, for those of you who don't know, earlier this week, Roman Reigns was on Logan Paul's podcast in uh, Paul Vision or Imp- Impulsive. That's it, Impulsive. Um, and then you know, it was yeah, okay, it was Roman Reigns. But it was more like, you know, two guys chatting. And, and it was not much about WWE was brought up. It was obviously, his career was brought up and whatnot. Talked about wanting to go into movies. And it was just a, a basic interview with a guy. Then after, Logan Paul went on Twitter and started a little thing where, you know, I, you know, I really think that you know, after just sitting here talking to him, I I could take him in a wrestling match. I don't think he's all that. Roman Reigns then responded, blah, blah, blah. 
<clears throat> um, kind of alluding to Paul Heyman. You know, he said he was going to have his wise man take care of this for him. And then Paul Heyman responded, consider it done, my tribal chief. So Triple H then invited Logan Paul, said, hey, we're live every Friday night. If you want to come on and, and, you know, talk about this, come on the show. Logan Paul accepted, and he showed up, opened up Friday Night SmackDown. I mean, it wasn't more than a minute or two that he was, Logan Paul was quote-unquote interrupted by the bloodline. Um, the bloodline minus Roman Reigns. Um, it was the Usos, Baby Use, um, and Sami Zayn, the honorary Use. So it was all the Uses. Um... <clears throat> And then Paul Heyman was in the ring, and, and him and Logan Paul went back a little bit. Um, and then Logan Paul challenged Paul Heyman to a fight, which then had Sami, Sami Zayn come in and, you know, I'll take care of this for you, and then take a stiff right to the chin and go directly down. Um, two things that I got from this from this promo. Seeing Logan Paul... And remember seeing him a couple years ago, to what he looks like now, the man has been hitting the gym. Because his arms, without even flexing, were were big. I mean, and you could see his chest was, you know, he wasn't pumping out a peacock chest. He just naturally looks like, you know, like he's been working out. Um, <clears throat> I know he's been studying certain WWE um, legends on online and, and really been trying to work hard at his craft. The other thing that I that I that I'm realizing is it was so nice to have Paul Heyman back. Um and the fact that I'm loving Sammy Zayn more and more every week. Um I would have given this just a C plus, but just because Paul Heyman returned and just Sami Zayn in general, I'm going to give it an actual B minus. Alrighty. So after that, <coughs> excuse me, we then went to. Um, I mean, as Logan Paul was chased out of the ring, Ricochet's music started, and then after the commercial break, we went back to the regularly scheduled match of Ricochet versus Sami Zayn, and. Um, I thought this match was, was pretty good. Um, once again, Sami Zayn is Sami Zayn. Um, he can play whatever character you want him to play. Face, heel, um, the fiend, the gobbledygooker. Um, he could be Perry Saturn too and fall in love with a mop like Perry Saturn right. did. Um, and he could sell it. Ricochet is one of the more athletically impressive wrestlers WWE has. It's a shame that they don't focus on him a little more. I know in NXT he challenged for the North American title a couple weeks ago, um, but this was a great spot for him to be in the first match on SmackDown. I really enjoyed this match. Um, I'm going to give it a B. Okay. Um, I definitely agree with you on the match part. I mean... When you have two wrestlers that I consider 
are pretty close to equal in talent. But Sami Zayn can wrestle in the ring as well. And Ricochet, he's just got tremendous talent. I mean, he can he can go with the best of them. Hey, Jacob. Really Sorry. What was that? Didn't mean to interrupt you. Jacob tuned in. Uh, uh, hey, Jacob, thanks for tuning in. Um, I really enjoyed watching this match. I think I could definitely get behind another one or two matches between these two because it was good for entertainment purposes. I enjoyed the match. Ricochet got the win. I gave it an A. Really? Oh. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, after that, we then had the founder of Maximum Male Models come to the ring with lovely Maxine by his side, um, introduce his Maximum Male Models and the quote-unquote back-to-school fashion. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I know nationwide, a lot of schools, um, start back in early to mid-August. But I don't think there's any schools that wait until the middle of September to go back to school. So I, I feel they were a little late with this anyways. But anyways, um, Trib, I'm not going to give away any spoilers yet. So go ahead. What do you think? Now, is Maxine his sister? I have no idea. Not in real I have life. no idea. Not in real I life, mean, but I don't know what she is. Right. She might be a sister. Um, I, I think that this maximum male models thing is, in my opinion, I think it's getting dumber every week. I'm kind of glad that Braun Strowman came out and just plowed right through the two of them and, you know, made, put, kind of put an end to it. And, but, I mean, it's just, I really wish they would just put the guys in the ring and let them wrestle instead of doing all this modeling and, you know, looking all crazy and ridiculous and everything. I gave the segment a D. Really? Yep. I didn't think oh. it was that good at all. I mean... Okay. Even, even, though Braun, even though Braun Strowman came out and then Alpha Academy and then um, Otis came in was right. holding the zone there a little bit against Braun Strowman. I just think that it would have been a lot better if it wasn't just a maximum male model. That's just my opinion. They just, they just don't do anything for me. Okay. Well, I wouldn't give the segment below a C just because Maxine <clears throat> was in the ring. <clears throat> this woman is outstandingly gorgeous. <clears throat> Excuse me. A little phlegm in the throat. Incredible set of legs. So right there, I, I just, I, I don't remember anything else happening from there until Braun Strowman attacked. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm kind of surprised. I mean, I know, well, I shouldn't say I know, I'll say in quotes, I quote-unquote know this whole storyline and everything was something that was introduced by Vince McMahon, which is a typical Vince McMahon-style um, gimmick. Why Triple H just kept going with it really is, is mind-boggling to me. Because <clears throat> when you... When we've seen the couple times these guys have wrestled, they can wrestle. So if you just wanted to do it as to where Eli Drake, Max Dupuis, whatever the fuck his name was on NXT, 
was their mentor slash manager and just bring them in as a tag team, I think it would have been okay. But I'm surprised he's kept up with this as long as he has, um, unless these guys are now the main roster's new um, Breezango, um, or uh, what was the other, that those three little Spanish guys in masks. Um, oh, the Blue, uh, Lucha, Lucha House Party? Yes, where they're just around to put into tag team matches to put other teams over. If that's what he plans on doing, then fine. Then stop featuring him. Um, the Braun Strowman attack, the attack of the Alpha Academy on Braun Strowman, and Otis actually putting Braun Strowman, quote-unquote, down. I mean, you know, he pancaked him, then Braun sat straight up. I can't give this as low as a D. Um, I actually enjoyed that part of it and that interaction than the beatdown that Braun got. Um, I'm actually going to give it a C plus. Okay. After that, we then went to um, Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky coming down to the ring. Um, you know, Bailey was, you know, saying how great it was that because she's, you know, because of the tag team champions... They can go to any brand, anytime, anywhere. Um, and, you know, she was doing her normal laughing shtick. Um, Dakota Kai and Sky threw in there, you know, 5% of the each of the promo. Um, then Raquel Rodriguez came down, and we went to the match between Bailey and Raquel Rodriguez. Um... I actually liked the match. Um, Raquel, who in the past, being a dominant physical species in the women's division, typically hasn't really gotten to be able to take a beating by other wrestlers. Not that she took a beating, but she was never really that impressive of a seller to me. She did very well in this match. Um, it wasn't like one of those matches that, you know, she would get hit and, you know, it, it just, it, the, the match flowed very well. Um, now whether Aaliyah really got injured or if this is just kayfabe, um, I think it's perfect to get her away from Aaliyah because Aaliyah was useless to her. Um, it wasn't a good tag team pairing. Obviously, we we always talk about how Raquel did 85% of the work. Aaliyah took up 85% of the beatings. But it's good to, once again, if the injury is real, I I hope she gets well soon. But I hope she's not reintroduced with Raquel Rodriguez in the tag team division anytime soon. Um, The run-in by Shotzi afterwards... To save Raquel Rodriguez, somebody she was wrestling against just a couple months ago because she was pissed that somebody new to the roster was getting title opportunities and she wasn't. little confusing. Um, a little thing back here is kind of thinking to me, well, is she going to be introduced as another member 
of damage control because they're not doing anything with her. I mean, they're not going to have her feud with Bailey. I mean, that's stupid. So unless she forms a tag team with Raquel, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I, I enjoyed the match. I actually gave it a B minus. Okay. Yeah, I was just going to ask you that. Do you think the WWE might make it? Uh, if this uh, injury to Aaliyah is real, do you think they might put her in as Raquel's tag team partner? Because I was surprised to see her as well. I don't know. I I thought this was a really good match. I enjoyed it. Bailey, well, she's one of the best sellers around. I mean, she was selling a lot of those things real good. Raquel, like you said, she's starting to sell a little bit better in her matches, showing her power and also a little uh, wrestling ability as well through, through the both of them in there. I, I enjoyed watching the match. It was nice to see Bailey in the ring competing. Um... You know, always, always a pleasure listening to Michael Cole when Bailey's out there. So I gave the match a B. Okay. After that, <clears throat> we saw um, the first time ever Mad Cat Moss has been given a championship opportunity, and it was against Solo Sokoa for the North American, the NXT North American Championship. Trev, what did you think of the match? Well, just like you said about Sami Zayn, I feel the same way about Moss. I'm getting to like uh, Mad Cat Moss more and more each week. He's, you know, he's a big guy. Uh, I believe his. He, I I believe he's got limitless talent. I think somewhere along the line, he might be a, a mid card champion. You know, maybe U.S. champion. Who knows? He might even be a North American champion someday if uh, if he ends up beating Sequoia. I thought it was a good match. Um, it's just one of those things where I thought it was a good pairing. If you're going to give him a title match, put him in the ring against a new guy. First time they defended the um, NXT North American Championship on SmackDown. I, I enjoyed the match. Riddick, um, yeah, I keep calling him Riddick Moss. Mad Cat Moss, he's, um, you know, he came down with a chair the first time and it was just one of those things where I thought it was a really, really good match. I enjoyed watching it. I gave it a B plus. Okay. Um, <clears throat> was it a horrible match? No. Was it a good match? Eh. No, I don't think it was a good match. Was it an okay match? In my opinion, yes. Um, I don't know. It, there was just something about the match that just I. I was never. There was never a point that I even thought about getting to the end of my seat to watch the match. Um, it, it just. It, it was a match. Yeah, it had some good moves. Had a beginning, a middle, an ending. Um, I mean, the in, one of the more interesting parts was the fact that he told Jay to stay backstage because of his temper. You know, he was running hot, and he had Sami Zayn come down. Um, I, I, and we didn't mention it, but during the Sami Zayn ricochet, um, Sami Zayn and, and Jay Uso went forehead to forehead, you know, talking, you know, arguing. Um, only Sami Zayn coming down just puts another, you know, throws another rock in, into, the, into the lake to cause more ripples. Um, that was the most interesting part of this. Um, at no point 
in any second did I think Madcap had a chance at winning. Um, and it was one of those matches, yeah, it was on, but I was, I think I was playing solitaire on my cell phone at the same time, because it just didn't really interest me, couldn't get into it, it, it wasn't, um, so I have to give this just a straight up C. Okay. Um, and something else just worth noting, um, two things that we didn't really, just in case you're, oh, wait a minute, why didn't you talk about this? Um, earlier in the show, there was a little backstage segment <clears throat> with Karrion Cross. Um, not an interview, he just talked about Drew McIntyre. And then, just before this match, Drew McIntyre came out, stood on top of the uh, announcer's desk and said that he'd been looking for Karrion Cross all night. Um, and basically invited him to fight at any time. So, I mean, those were two segments. They didn't really deserve grades, but they were two things that happened. Right. Um, we then went to the Fatal 4-Way number one contenders match, um, which was supposed to happen a week and a half ago in Raw. Um... It didn't happen due to Braun Strowman coming down and knocking everybody out. So I guess they then decided that, you know what, we're going to do the number one contenders match, but we're only going to use one of the original tag teams in original four, because the original four were the New Day, Lothothorios, Street Profits, and Alpha Academy. Well, this four was the New Day, um, the Brawling Brutes, Imperium, and Hit Row. So, right off, do I go? Yeah, I go first this one. So, right off the bat, I'm disappointed because of the, I mean, did Imperium vs. Brawling Brutes, was that one of my favorite matches from last week? Yes. But now you're throwing in the New Day. Okay. You know, New Day, they're there. They've been around forever. It's like that TV show. You know, that, you know, oh my God, why the fuck are the Simpsons on for 38 seasons? I mean, enough is enough already, but people still enjoy watching The Simpsons. Um, and that's how the new day are to me. I, I mean, I'm done watching them. I'm, I'm tired of watching them. Um, I see nothing in Hit Row. I think Hit Row is over... Oh, God, my mind's from blank. Good thing I'm wearing my hat. You didn't see the puff of smoke. Um, they're, I mean, in my opinion, they're poor wrestlers for NXT. Forget about the main roster. They shouldn't even be mentioned on the main roster. Um, and then you got the Brawling Brutes and Imperium. So, once again, I started out with expectations of a B and it automatically went down to a C. But with the exception of the fact that Hit Row can't wrestle, I really, really like this match. This may have been the best match of the night. All the, I mean, it was just constant, nonstop action, um, mainly from everybody but Hit Row. Um, and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, Brawling Brutes winning, to me, shows that, that Brawling Brutes are now have made that you know, right hand turned on to face street um, instead of taking left onto Heel Boulevard. And they're going to be taking on the Usos next week. 
Do I expect them to win? No. But is it another potentially exciting tag team match that we're going to see on SmackDown? Quite possibly. Um, I actually gave this a B plus. All right, Morgan, we'll get to your comments in a minute. Um, yeah, I was uh, I was surprised. I mean, you know, the brawling brutes. I I kind of like it that Pete Dunne went back to his old look. Not Pete Dunne, but right. went back to his old look. Because um, now I think he can be taken more seriously as opposed to going in the ring wearing that man bun and everything else. I really think that the Brawling Brutes are going to be a good matchup for the Usos. It, um, it's going to be an interesting match next week. I enjoyed watching it. Like you said, Hit Row can definitely do it out there. Put them back on NXT and let them go do what they got to do. And they're, they're just horrible. And, um, but the Brawling Brutes and Imperium, you know, just like they last week, they, they were going at it. They were constantly making quick tags. I'm trying to keep up with the who's, yeah. who's the leading one in the ring. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, so and why did it take so long <clears throat> for... I mean, I think I know the answer. I could probably sum up it in two words. But why did it take so long for them to bring Giovanni Vinci up with Gunther and Ludwig Kaiser? I mean, the man is, is, is really good in the ring. Yep. I thought they would have bought him up when they bought up uh, Gunther and Ludwig Kaiser, but I guess not. Then maybe they had... Right, that's what I'm saying. And I think the reason behind that is you could sum it up in a two-word answer, Vince McMahon. Um, Yeah. I I don't know. It it was a dumb choice because putting these two together in a tag team, they worked so well together. And they had Xavier Woods upside down in the corner, and they made the tag, and one of them runs around the ring... And the other's running in the ring, and then they meet at the same time, you know, with with, with drop kicks. I mean, it, the, the, the thing that two guys, they just work so well together. I don't know why you would ever have thought splitting them up. And they're going to be, and they're going to be, uh, I think they're also going to be a serious challenge to themselves. No. So. No. No. I don't I think get, so. I think the match B plus. Okay. So overall, what were your thoughts of SmackDown? Uh, could have been better. I enjoyed some of the matches. Um, I think next week is going to be a little bit better than this week. You got Braun Strowman against Otis. You got the Brawling Brutes against the Usos. You know, two matches I'm definitely looking forward to, to seeing. Um, but overall, I give it a B minus. Oh, I, I'm thinking you're going to give it a C minus. Just by how negative you were about a lot of the show. Um, no, I give it a B minus. Oh, okay, because that—that's about what I would give it. Um, a very, very low B minus, like an eighty, if you're going on a numeral scale. Um, just yep. barely above the notch of being a C plus, but I—I right. I would give it an eighty. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Morgan, there's some comments here. Yep, I saw that. Got new talent. Well, read the comment before that, Mike. Don't go to the middle comment of the three. Oh, there it is. Okay, Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns will win. Who will win, Morgan? Do you think uh, Logan Paul will win? I think it. I think it's. In my opinion, I think it's crazy to put these two guys together. I mean, Logan Paul. In my opinion, even though he's working at his craft and he's getting bigger and he's working in the ring, 
I just think he just doesn't have the experience to go against no, Roman Reigns. No, absolutely not. He, he absolutely no way. I think you've got a better chance of seeing God playing hockey in hell with the devil before you see Logan right. Paul beat Roman Reigns. The only That's way that that would happen is if it's by disqualification or something. That's the only way. Um, Roman That's Reigns is going to put a beat down on this kid like he's never seen. That's why I have a feeling, and I, I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's a squash match. Um, I mean, it's definitely one of these. I mean, Logan Paul has, I mean, 100 million followers on YouTube worldwide. Um, and this is Crown Jewel, so they're going to put a quote-unquote superstar extravaganza together. Um, it, it's not very often that they do anything in Crown Jewel that lines up with anybody's current trajectory. So, I mean, that's why you see Goldberg, you see, you know, just matches that have nothing to do with the current storylines. Right. I mean, I don't think Logan Paul wrestling Roman Reigns has anything to do with new AEW talent, and I don't know if there's anybody specific you're referring to as far as new AEW talent, because I haven't seen anything where anybody prominent has been added to the AEW roster lately. Right. Uh, got Survivor Series coming up in Boston. Yeah, we know that. The other two comments he left is, Logan's not a wrestler, he's a boxer. Well, he's training to be a wrestler. And once again, I'll use the example of The Miz. The Miz was an MTV reality star that had a dream of becoming a WW 20 years ago F wrestler. Became a wrestler and that was the only bona fide two-time Grand Slam winner and will be in the Hall of Fame the day after he retires. Right. I don't think Morgan finished the next comment. It said, Roman going to knock me. Well, I mean, if he can expound on that, then, you know, feel free to. I mean, if you, well, got, if yeah. you got Roman Reigns coming to your house to give you a Superman punch, let me know. I want an autograph. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, I just think that, um, I mean, is it good to, to put somebody like... Logan Paul, yeah, when he first comes in, he's training, he's getting to know the craft, he's going to hone his skills, working out, getting big. But let the guy have some, some matches first. To my knowledge, he's only wrestled one match, or two matches. Two. In the WWE, and that's both been against The Miz. And, um, well, one was a tag team with The Miz, and then the yeah. other was a singles match against The Miz. Yeah. And once and again... I, Take a look at those matches. He outperformed what you expected him to do in those matches. Yep. Totally like outperformed. <clears throat> yep. Like Pat McAfee. Nobody expected Pat McAfee to perform the way he did. Right. So, but it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how they're going to do that with Tom Jewell and... You know, I, I don't think it's official just yet. Is it, Greg? Yes, it is. Oh, it is official already, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they made it official yesterday. Triple H announced they okay. will be wrestling at Crown Jewel for the WWE Undisputed Championship. 
Alrighty, so it's gonna be uh gonna be interesting to see the storyline on that. See what see where they're gonna go with it. So, but uh, all right, we've come up to the to the best part of the show right now. My favorite part of the show is Nugget News. So, Greg, take it away. Hey, thank you, Mike. Um, first and foremost, um. Want to send out, where the hell is it? Okay, um, congratulations this week goes out to Mandy Rose as she and longtime boyfriend, or well, fiance, now fiance, but her longtime boyfriend, former as they list, WWE Performance Center, whatever, um, Tino Sabatelli, I believe his name is, um, Yes, congratulations on their engagement. Um, as the Golden Goddess will now be getting married, um, what is, isn't expected until um, at the earliest, they say, late summer of next year. Um, I mean, as you know, any prominently placed wrestler kind of schedules their weddings around ups and down times in WWE. Um, and yep. with her being the Unified NXT Women's Championship, there is the opportunity, you know, they're, they're, she's in, you know, the mainstream of NXT. Um, but right. there are four other women who currently are in the WWE that are expected to have weddings before either the end of this year or next. Um, so these are the four women. Dana Brooke, um, she's engaged to... Um, what the hell is this? Boxer Ulysses Diaz. They've been engaged since December of 2019. Um, NXT um, backstage interviewer Mackenzie Mitchell and lead announcer for NXT Vic Joseph have been engaged since earlier this year. They're expected to get married sometime next year. Um, NXT star Ivy Nile, um, she started a romantic relationship with her CrossFit coach, ooh, scandal, um, back in 2020 and had been engaged pretty much ever since. And then last but not least, um, I guess WWE, you can call her main roster backstage interviewer, because, I mean, I've seen her on both. Raw and SmackDown, Sarah Schreiber, um, who's engaged to a gentleman by the name of Chad Dunbar, who is a surfer. So those are five women in the WWE that you can expect to see. I mean, hell, if any of them take the amount of time off that Charlotte Flair has taken from her marriage, Christ, we'll lose them all for five months. Right. Um, uh, what the hell? Where's... Okay. Um, second thing I want to say is Jim Duggan. Um, as we know, has had a couple different battles um, with cancer. He survived kidney cancer 20 years ago. Um... And then he most recently overcame prostate cancer. Um, 
Well, anybody that knows anything about cancer is you go through all your treatments and then there's a certain period of time that you go back for another scan. Um, well, I am happy to say that he went for his most latest scan and is 100% cancer-free. Um, That's awesome. He had his prostate taken out. Um, and there was still some cancer cells in the area. So that's what he was undergoing treatment for. Finished his treatment. And then once again, has had his scan. He is 100% cancer free. So, you know. Congratulations. Um, there was an article that I saw. And the only reason why I pulled it up is because... This man is somebody that me and Trivia have talked about whether or not he is worthy to be in the Hall of Fame or not. Do you know who I'm referring to? Psycho Sid? No. No? The other useless big muscle-bound guy. <laughs> Lars Sullivan. No, seriously, Mike. You never thought Lars Sullivan would be in the Hall of Fame. Lex Luger. I, I mean, I thought it would be obvious to you, but I, I guess not. Um, and so I just I, saw him on autographs signing. Huh? I just saw him on Facebook doing a live autograph signing the other day. Okay. Um, and I pulled up an article that says five reasons why Lex Luger should enter the Hall of Fame. So they're trying to sell him on being the Hall of Fame to me. Just as well as you. Person they list, his relationship with WWE has been healed. Okay. That's the same for a lot of wrestlers. Does that mean he should be in the Hall of Fame to me? No. Lex Luger wasn't as bad of an in-ring performer as many people believe. Well, that's your opinion. I think he was horrible. I think other than being muscular and had and body slammed Yokozuna, which was really a hip toss, <laughs> I don't think he was that good in the ring. So you can't sell me yet. His resume is golden? Really? I mean, he was a five-time U.S. champion, which I guess is still the record today. But in order to win the champion five times, you have to lose the belt four times. So, I mean, is that really make a golden resume? Um, next one I list, Lex Luger was involved in two of the biggest moments in WWE in the 1990s. Obviously, the one that I'm referring to, to where Yokozuna, and I think, was it Bobby Heenan that was with Yokozuna at the time? I don't even know. No, Mr. Um, oh, that's right, Mr. Fuji. And they were on some aircraft carrier, and all of a sudden this helicopter comes flying in, and Lex Luger comes out with the old red, white, blue flag jacket. And at this point, he had been a heel. And then all of a sudden, he comes out, and he, and I will say, quote-unquote, body slammed Yokozuna. I still think it was a hip toss, but whatever. Um, but I don't know what other prominent one. Oh, they 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 said um, 
It would be in front of a TV audience on Monday Nitro when he defeated the villainous Hollywood Hulk Hogan for the WCW World Championship. Are you really trying to tell me that, that those two moments were the two biggest moments in WWE in the 1990s? And then the last one, I, I will agree with this. He was one of the biggest names of his era. So yes, if you go based on, you know, like they, they talk about, you know, Major League Baseball, NFL, you know, you can't really compare stats from this guy to somebody that, that played 50 years ago. How was that person in his era? That's an argument I use for Don Madden to be in the Hall of Fame. If you look at his career stats, they don't mount up to a lot of other people. But if you look at what he accomplished as a first baseman in the same 10 years of other first basemen, he was one of the most dominant first basemen in the leagues. So I'll give you a little bit more credit towards Lex Luger going in. If they did decide to put Lex Luger in at any time, I promise I won't say, oh, that's fucking worthless. I'll give him his just due, but I'm not going to be a Lex Luger Hall of Fame supporter. Okay. Morgan, we'll get to your question afterwards. That's a good question you asked. No, uh, well, okay. Um, and then I know there was one other thing. Um, eh. Okay. The... Uh, a little bit of AEW talk real quick. Um, and only because it, it directly relates to somebody that I truly think is the great is a great wrestler. Um, Daniel Bryan and John Moxley are fighting, I think it's this Wednesday, at AEW Grand Slam. Um, which is just a regular dynamite, but they're having it at the U.S. Open Tennis Center, Arthur Ashe Stadium. In... Flushing, uh, New York, Queens, whatever you want to call it. I personally think that the man puts in his work. He does anything you want him to do. I think it's time for AEW to turn the page on John Moxley and give Daniel Bryan a significant um, championship run. Because I promise you, I promise you, you could put him in a match with anybody and you're never going to be disappointed of what you see. That's um, right. Give the man his just due and make him the AEW world champion. Um, we yep. don't need to see John Moxley with it again. Um, he's already complaining because he was, right now, he was supposed to be on, on a vacation. Quote, unquote, time away from AEW. But because of everything that happened with the titles, Tony Khan told him he needed to be in this tournament. And Moxie wasn't happy. So I'm not going to be surprised if Moxie loses and just gets sent home. You know, let, well, you know not sent home, but you know, get permission to go home um, right. with his wife and his young child. Um, but, you know, once again, Daniel Bryan is never going to be that person. He's going to do whatever you need him to do to support the company. And I think he deserves a shot at the world title. Um, that's Nuggies News. Trip, any new independent 
bookings coming up? Yes, uh, we have two on September the 24th. One is one that we haven't talked about yet, is PVP, which stands for Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling. They're doing a show um, on September 20th. Their main event I is thought you said, no, first you said September 24th. Now you're saying September 20th. Right, which is 20th, it? It's September 24th. I put the word 20, the number 20 next to it because they're having a 20 man battle royal. And the winner becomes the, the new PVP champion because the champion has been injured and he's going to be out three to four months. So now there's no PVP champion. So the winner of this 20 man battle royal will get the vacant PVP championship. Okay, I where, heard any where is this at? It's in Massachusetts. Okay. Haven't heard anything as to who's going to be in it yet, but that's what they're having. Also, New World Wrestling Extreme on Saturday, September 24th, will be appearing in Woonsocket, Rhode Island at the American Legion Hall. Bell time is 7.30. And one of the big names on the show is former WWE, ECW, and Impact star Rhino will be appearing on the card. I was never a big Rhino fan when he was in WWE. I mean, he was tough. You know, he had a devastating finishing move, the gore. But I was never really a big fan. But he is a name, and he's going to be on the show on September 24th. Also, um, they put this up here on, the, the, uh, on their website, but I didn't see a date. So it's Test of Strength Wrestling. It's going to be at the Northampton, Massachusetts Elks Lodge in Florence, Mass. There's a bunch of guys from um, um, Paradise Alley Pro Wrestling that appear on, on Test of Strength. So I'm sure once they get the card all situated, you know, we'll find out who's going to be on that show. And then Saturday, October 15th at the NEW Arena, they're doing a show called A Show With No Name. And scheduled on the, on the show that night is former Northeast Wrestling Champion Matt Taven. Matt Taven, or however you pronounce his name. He will, he will be on the show. That's going to be at 40 Peck Road in Bethany, Connecticut. And the tickets are available at www.northeastwrestling.com. That's Saturday, October 15th. Northeast Wrestling at 40 Peck Road in Bethany, Connecticut, the NEW Arena. And that's what I have for for Indie News. Okay. So, <clears throat> a lot of times now, uh, you know, sometimes when the, when we do the show, sometimes, you know, somebody will ask us a question, I like to get, you know, I like to try and get an answer to the question. And it says, you think Dominic will stay with um, Judgment Day, or will he join his dad? He's trying to ask if he thinks about the new Dominic. Uh, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not going to comment on the thing with Dominic Mysterio just yet because I don't know, you know, what they're going to do with him is a heel faction with uh, Judgment Day. What, what I mean, you, you want, you're not going to comment on him joining Judgment Day. No, I mean, I, I'm not going to comment on 
what I think of his new character right now because it, it just started. It's a new, it's a new role for him. I I um, I will say it's already a hundred times better than what his old character was. Oh, I think it's definitely better. No, no, you're not com- now- you're not commenting on on his new character. We don't uh, want to hear okay. it now. You went through the red light already. There's no turning back. No, I I don't see him. I don't see him reforming. I mean, I see him as until Judgment Day for the going for the future, for the foreseeable right. future. Um, I don't see him leaving Judgment Day. Um, so I don't see him pairing back with his father. Um. Uh, unless somewhere well down the line, Judgment Day starts to dissolve and, you know, the storyline goes where he realizes that, you know, he was, I don't know, duped into joining a quote-unquote cult and goes back to his dad and asks him for forgiveness. But I don't see that anytime within the next 12 months. Right. You know, let him let him branch out. Let him get his feet wet. You know, see how well he does in the new role that they have him in. <laughs> but but yeah, we got a little bit a little bit of ways to go yet for Extreme Rules, which is October eighth. Yep. And to my knowledge, there's only, there's still only one match that is on the card. Yep. And it was just it was just that on Friday that will be an. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. It will be an extreme rules match between Rhonda and Liv Morgan. What in the hell is Liv Morgan thinking about? I don't know. Unless she's got, I mean, unless she's got something up her sleeve, I, the, the poor girl's in for a beatdown. Right. And it's an extreme rules match. So. She can be put into a submission hold and be holding on to the ropes, and it won't matter. There's no saving you. You are in that submission hold until you tap out and lose. Yep. I mean, so unless she has something up her sleeve with somebody else, I don't know, a Shayna Baszler turning on Ronda Rousey and helping Liv, I don't, I just don't see. How Liv Morgan holds on to her title after Extreme Rules. Right, I totally agree. And, uh, I mean, granted, you've got the baddest woman on the planet, and you're basically giving her free reign to do whatever she wants to Liv Morgan. But you're also giving Liv Morgan free reign to do and use anything she wants against Ronda Rousey. Right, but I think Ronda can inflict more damage on Liv than Liv can on Ronda. But well, I don't know. A trash, a trash can lid is a trash can lid. I mean, yeah. you know, a stop sign is a stop sign. Yeah. You know, it's just going to be a matter of who gets the upper hand first and then can continue the beating on the other one. Right. So, but yeah, like I said, right now that's the only, uh, the only match that... They have put together for Extreme Rules, which will be Saturday, October 8th. So. Yeah, they have as many matches for April 8th 
and Extreme Rules as they do for November 5th in Crown Jewel. Right. Which is one match. Yep. And speaking of Crown Jewel, we, uh, we already talked about Logan Paul and Roman Reigns. I mean, I don't know. Is it time for... I mean, I know he just came back, and but he is one of the big stars in WWE. He's a former champion. But do you think it's time to go face-to-face, heads-up, Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman right now? No, we have Roman Reigns, Logan Paul at Crown Jewel. So I don't know what you're... Okay. you're what, well, I, I don't know what... Nothing, there's nothing wrong with those two, you know, locking eyes in, in the center of the hmm. ring. No, no, because your storyline right now is Logan Paul and Roman Reigns. So it would, to me, it would be it would be useless and stupid to have Braun Strowman lock eyes with Roman Reigns. I, I it would wouldn't make any sense towards the storyline that they're creating and and going with right now. So for the next month or so, we're going to see Logan Paul. You know, I'm sure he'll confront Roman. I'm sure he'll confront the bloodline. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Paul, if we see Logan Paul in a match against uh, the Usos individually. No, I don't think we're going to see Logan Paul every week from now until Crown Jewel. Maybe we'll see one more appearance. He's not a... He's not a... He's not a, a full-time, I'm going to show up on every show, WWE superstar. He's, um, I mean, obviously I don't mean in the same realm of performance-wise, but he's got a Brock Lesnar contract. Right. Now I'll show up, for, you know, do a handful of pay-per-views, uh, you know, a few appearances here and there on, on the weekly show, and, and that's it. And I... I Take my $3 million a year and go home. Yeah. Whatever he's getting paid. Um, Is, um, has there been any word on the injury front lately with Edge or, or anything else? I mean, I know his knee was in really bad shape. And- well, they, they, they said he had a quote-unquote grade 2 MCL strain. Which, okay. if you go to... Um, if you Google it, you know, normal... Recovery time for a grade 2 MCL strain, it, it says two to four weeks. Obviously, WWE will play it up to being much worse than that. Um, he very well could have a legitimate injury that he needs yeah. to rest and relax from um, in rehab. Um, WWE has a history of, okay, you know what, I fucked up my right knee, so now I'm going to go on TV and they're going to hit me in a chair shot with my left knee. So they could say that I have to have this whatever procedure done to my left knee, but it's really my right knee. And that could very well be the situation with Edge. Don't know. Um, right. But there's no, from what I've read anywhere, there's no estimated timeline as to how long they think he's going to be away from the ring. I I I hope it's. I mean, I I don't need to see him again till one of the thirty men that we'll see at the Royal Rumble. I I don't. Okay. I don't. I personally don't need to see him again. Um, especially when they're introducing 
all this other talent. You don't you don't need Edge to perform weekly. In uh, my in my opinion. Introduce the new talent, let them show up what they got. And uh, you know bring Edge in at the right time when they feel it's the right time. In my opinion, probably gonna be one of the best Monday Night Raw matches in a long time. Bobby Lashley, Seth Rollins. Oh, yeah. Yep. That is definitely a match I'm looking forward to seeing. And I believe that is for the title. Yeah. Okay, yep. Yep. Definitely looking forward to seeing that match. I believe that's the only one I know of that's going to be on Raw. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I I forgot about it until you just mentioned it. (laughs) Um, Let me... Go ahead. But I think I think um, if there's going to be a title for Seth Rollins to win right now, it'll be the United States Championship. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he beat Bobby Lashley because he's a good you know, he's a good talent, good champion. Can't wait to hear him on the mic. If they gave if they gave titles for people on the mic, he'd have every title in WWE because there's nobody better on the on the mic than Seth Rollins. Yeah, very, 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 very close to being the best on the mic in WWE right now. Yep. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that match. I believe it's the first time uh, the two of them have met. And uh, it it should be a a really good match. I mean, you've got the hurt lock against the curb stomp. You know, Seth Rollins also uses the pedigree from time to time. Right. So, I'm definitely looking forward to... I'm the only part having, of it that makes me... Um, a little gun-shy about this match is I just... I got a feeling that they're going to not really focus as much in the match on Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley, but I think a big focus of the match is going to be Riddle versus Rollins... And I think Riddle's going to come down and do something that cost Rollins the match, leading to a stipulation-type match at Extreme Rules. Right. And even if he just comes out and sits at the commentator's table, you know, that'll be, that'll be somewhat of a distraction to Seth Rollins somewhere along the line as well. Right. But I definitely see the two of them locking horns at Extreme Rules. What, what kind of match they're going to make out of it, I don't know. But. So with um, WWE, just this past Monday, I forgot to mention it when we talked on Wednesday, um, with them kind of reintroducing um, or bringing Omos back, um, and once again, using that word monster in and around Omos, do you see them possibly building to an Omos versus Braun Strowman match? And what would God. you, what would you think of that match? God, I hope not. Um, honestly, it would be interesting to see the match, but I think Omos is going to... I mean, granted, he's a big man. He's seven foot three, four hundred forty pounds. Really, does 
doesn't have a lot of wrestling ability. He just uses a lot of his power. Um, but I really think he'll be messing with the wrong guy if, it, if it's Braun Strowman. This, to me, it looks like it's a different Braun Strowman now. Yeah, I mean, it looks he's like not, he's, he's, not going, as, he's not as chubby and he's more muscularly cut. Yeah, and he, he's looking, I think he's coming out there to, to try and make a statement and prove a point. Would I like to see the match? I think it would be interesting to see, yeah. To see how Omos can handle somebody the size and ability of Braun Strowman. Because Braun Strowman, for a big guy, he, he moves pretty well around the ring. Yeah. Yeah, he so does. I just want to see, you know, he doesn't do that anymore, which is good. Right. Which you, which you mentioned before. Well, I just uh, didn't like the, the train sound effect that they put over the broadcast. I mean, I know they were doing it during the pandemic, so maybe they did yeah. it because there was nobody in the crowd and they just did it to do it during the pandemic in, in empty arenas, um, in the empty arena. But, um, so I was just checking out things here real quick, looking for Monday Night Raw preview, and I kept getting Monday Night Raw previews for um, Monday, um, September 12th, which does me no good. Um, but... Um, I must have missed this on SmackDown, but apparently Michael Cole mentioned that Eric um, of the Viking Raiders had suffered a foot injury and is out of action indefinitely. Yep. Just reading this, um, I'm done. I'm done. Just, I'm sorry. Were the Viking Raiders new and <laughs> bless you, new and vicious? Well, no, they were old and did the same things they did as they were beforehand. But these guys just can't stay healthy. I mean, it was same thing as what was it? AOP. Yeah. Eventually, they just said, "You know what? I'm sorry, you guys." aren't doing me any good being on the roster when one of you is always injured and they just let him go. I mean, unfortunately, I mean, is it time to just say, hey, you guys just keep getting injured. You guys are off the roster and inactive more than you're on the roster and active. Is it time to just say, hasta lasagna, don't get any on you and let him go? point I was a big uh, Viking Raiders fan I wanted to see the tough rough tough tag team and, you know with the with the size of Ivar really you know the things he could do in the ring were pretty amazing I remember seeing him in NEW at Warbeard Hansen and um, but I mean it's is the time to let them both go, or do you think maybe they should do a, a singles promo, a, a singles thing with Ivar? Why he gets injured too? No, oh, yeah, it's he's, not he's just Eric that gets injured. I mean, yeah, he's I'm just, I don't know. I can't take anything that they're going to promote seriously with the Viking Raiders because right. you know they they just seem to get hurt a lot. Yep. And if they got released, 
wouldn't surprise me all that much. Because, you know, like you said, hey, you guys are constantly being hurt, and, you know, we we really can't do much with you, so, you know, here's your walking papers, and good luck in your future endeavors, so. Oh, yeah, one, one, one other thing on the injury front. Okay. Ezekiel. I guess his injury... <laughs> has made him wake up from his mental coma and is now no longer Ezekiel, as on the internal WWE roster, the WWE character Ezekiel is no longer listed, and Elias is now once again listed on the internal WWE roster. So that injury was so bad to Ezekiel that he just, poof, disappeared and his brother Elias is now listed internally on the WWE roster. Okay. But, uh, and if they bring Elias back, will it be the same character? Well, will it same be character as, as what? Yeah, that's Elias. Yeah. Long hair, beard, so they probably, you know, did the injury so he can grow his beard back. Um, I mean, if he's out, say, hypothetically speaking, now into Royal Rumble, that's plenty of time. I mean, his hair won't be as long as it was, but, I mean, it'll be down from where it was just below his neck to his shoulders, and he'll definitely have a full beard by then. So, you yeah. know. And I think they had a brother Elrod, too, or something like well, that. Well, that was, that was something that was said by Kevin Owens in that background thing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, and I completely forgot about Ezekiel, too. I mean, you know, the old saying, out of sight, out of mind. Yep. I just, and, and, I just completely... And that's a problem with some characters. You know, right. when you get forgotten about should decide as to whether or not you are somebody that's worthy of even being on the roster. Yep. Now, getting back to Three Wolves, October 8th, on a Saturday, I mean, I don't know where the, they, they probably said where it's coming from, I just, uh... Yeah, Philadelphia. Okay. Jesus, pay attention. Philadelphia. Are we gonna see and would no. you like to see no. Dexter Lewis Miz? No. Well, yes and no. I mean, I... I whoops. Um, I want them to end this stalking thing and just get on to a match. I don't want the first match between the two of them to be at Extreme Rules. I I think I would I would get behind right now before they put those two in the ring together, and even though you know he doesn't have anything going on with him, uh, Dexter Loomis Champa, you know Champa's involved with the Miz. And, why? You know he. Why do you like doing that? Why do you think that's good? When nobody, when somebody's in a feud with somebody else, ah, fuck it. 
Let's just throw somebody else into the can, into the paint can. See what well, color I comes mean, out. It, it, it's another option they have. I mean, don't just don't just keep going with the Miz. But that's the storyline. That's the storyline. Dexter Loomis Miz. If you don't want to keep going, then okay, just end it. And leave it nothing. Kind of like, once again, the whole Bray Wyatt, Abigail, or Sister Abby, or whatever the fuck her name was. I, I mean, I mean, we've seen them just start campaigns in the past and then just stop them without notice. Well, no, I you no. Miz is too big of a... Of a, of a wrestler of, of a name to just have this thing with, with Dexter Loomis and all of a sudden, eh, you know what, eh. Yeah, so what, I was stalking him and I was in his house when he wasn't there threatening his children. Um, that's screw You know, the next week I'm going to go on the Champa. What? Yeah, you mentioned that you, that you don't want to see the first match between them at Extreme Rules. What about if they had a couple of things on TV matches with the two of them? Well, and then yeah, but what, what's, today is October 18th, or, so, I'm um, sorry, September 18th. We have, what, three weeks? Yeah. Yeah, the 24th, the 1st, and then, you know, two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> what, I mean, the way this storyline has been progressing... What's going to happen in the two weeks that would lead to wanting to put the two of them against each other for their first match at Extreme Rules? I've got to see something in the next two weeks between the two of them physically before I do that, before I could see that right. happening. Yeah, just don't have the Miz come out and say, oh, I challenge you to a match. And once again, we, we, we sat here. Uh, well, you sat there, I sat here, and I went through their, you know, premium live events um, from WrestleMania Backlash through their last show, Clash at the Castle, and they had an average of six or seven matches each of those shows, with the exception, obviously, of um, SummerSlam. So, right now, they have five or six matches left to fill out this card. Is one of those matches right now really Dexter Loomis and The Miz? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I can't speak for Triple H or the booking committee. But no, but I'm asking your opinion. I'm not asking about Triple H's opinion. I'm asking your opinion. Yes and no. Because I look at it as, okay, even if it is their first match and it's at Extreme Rules... Get it started between the two of them. Okay, so once again, we have five matches. Just hypothetically speaking, say it's five matches they're going to add. Okay? Count with me here. Riddle Rollins, more exciting. Bianca Bailey, more exciting. Yes, no? Yep. Okay. Um... Maybe a, a six-man tag or whatever, but something with the Brawling Brutes versus Imperium. You're, okay, yeah. you're probably going to want to put a tag team on there. Um, 
I don't know whether it's the women's tag team match or if it's a men's tag team match. But, I mean, Usos, Street Profits in a 60-man or a 60-minute Ironman tag team match. And then that leaves you one match left. Is yeah, that really? Should, it shouldn't be the Miz and... Is, uh, I mean... Who knows? Maybe next week on SmackDown... Um, the the tag team of Dakota Kai and Io Sky are, with Bailey are sitting there talking about no opponents, and then boom, Sasha and Naomi come out. Well, day one, them stepping back in the ring, that would be a match against Dakota Kai and Io Sky. I would rather see it Extreme Rules. So, I mean, maybe yeah. right now y- you might look at that as a match and, okay, that, that's that's, you know, over here on the side in the possibly add, but that wouldn't right. be the first match that I would even come close to thinking of asking or what expecting. About, what about with the, with the way things have been going now for Extreme Rules, Drew McIntyre and Terry Cross? One I absolutely positively 250% forgot about. Absolutely. That match would be second in my should have been second on my list after um, Rollins and Riddle. Because I I definitely would say to me there's probably a ninety nine point nine 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 percent chance we're going to see that match at Extreme Rules. I totally forgot about that one. You're absolutely right. And I hope they have a stipulation in that match. Because that's what, I mean, it's going to be a good match, but it would make it even better if there was some kind of stipulation between those two with the history they've had the last couple of weeks. Yep. So. Absolutely. Yeah, so, so let's just leave Miz and Dexter Lewis off to, you know, build something up down the road some ways. But yeah, I mean, those matches that you just mentioned would really be a good show for Extreme Rules. With those matches. I would like to see um, either the Brawling Brutes or Imperium go against the Usos. Well, we'll have to see where, where this Brawling Brutes versus the Usos match this week on SmackDown leads. Right. And even if it's a six-man, you can have the brawling brutes, all three of them against the three members, Jimmy J and Solo, or Jimmy J or Jimmy Sammy and Solo would have the thing between. No, Jay you, and you you can't. Not if you're putting the Usos in, you can't put only one of them in it. You have to put Jimmy and Jay in it. You you can't not. You can't split up the tag team in a six man tag match. All right. Well, then just have Jimmy J and Solo. No, I would do Jimmy J and Sammy to add to the to the um, to the storyline, um, and I would have. Unfortunately, I would have um, Sammy Zayn take a bro kick and and then take the pin loss, causing more, you know, animosity. You said between Jey Uso and Sammy. You know, we lost right. that match because of you. 
you know. Yep. Because eventually there has to be the two-on-one or three-on-one beatdown of Sami Zayn where fucking Kevin Owens comes to make the save and we get Kevin Owens versus the Usos. (laughs) I was just thinking that. They beat down Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens comes in for the save, and they're your new tag team match. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn against the Usos. I mean, I know it's still three pay-per-views away, but I'm still very interested to seeing how they're going to do Survivor Series. Is it going to be Roman Reigns against... Uh, is he going to lose one of the titles between now and then? Highly unlikely now that he's going up against Logan Paul at Crown Jewel. Um, so is there going to be a scenario where one of the belts is put online at Survivor Series? Um, and, and same thing with the Usos. Are, are they going to do something as to where, you know, either that or they, they really just need to just to end it and just do one tag title that can go back and forth to either show like the women's tag title. Stop carrying around, right. stop carrying around the four belts. You're not undisputed, an undisputed champion would have just one belt. Yep. And it would represent the entire brand. Right. I mean, back in the day with Chris Jericho, when he won both belts, they owned, they got rid of the other one and it was only one belt. He didn't carry around two belts. Right. So, yeah, and then, like, you know, like you said, there are two pay-per-views in November. And uh, I believe the Survivor Series is the Saturday after Thanksgiving. So no, I don't know. I know it's I know it's the last pay per view of the year. Oh, TLC is not the last one. They don't have one in December. They didn't last year. I thought they did. I thought TLC was in December last year. I don't think the it last No, it goes from Survivor Series to Day One. They didn't have one in December oh, okay. last year. That's right. Yeah, and it's getting the same way. Yeah, November 26th is Survivor Series, and then day one is January 1st, 2023. Once again, in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. Yeah, there's too much in people's lives that goes on in, in December. I mean, there really is, with the holidays and everything. I mean, unless you were to do Survivor Series the first Sunday of December, but then you're really, you know, ending, a, you know, the, the Thanksgiving quote-unquote tradition of having Survivor Series in and around Thanksgiving. Yep. I remember seeing the very first Survivor Series mm, on, on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Blah, blah, blah. So you say. There's, there's nothing that says that that happened, though. Wikipedia doesn't I'm list... Not- a- Wikipedia doesn't list Survivor Series ever being on a Thursday. I remember seeing it on Thanksgiving night. They they build it up as a Thanksgiving night tradition. I don't know. Because I always thought... uh, You always thought. You thought. Oh. All right, let's see here. How many Survivor Series has there been? Oh, this will be the 36th annual Survivor Series. How the hell do you remember anything from 36 years ago? 
Your luck, if you remember, we talked about 36 minutes ago. Because I've seen every Survivor Series, and I remember the first one. Teams of five strive to survive. What they had. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and talk. I'm, I'm, I'm doing that research real quick. Yeah, the, the Survivor Series, you know, Survivor Series, one of the big four, always been one of my favorite pay-per-views. And, um, I'm going to be honest, not so much the last couple of years. Right. The last couple of years, it's kind of gotten a little bad. The last Survivor so, Series I really enjoyed was when it was all three brands competing against each other. Right. Raw, SmackDown, NXT. That was a good one. And will they, will they bring back war games at one of those shows? Well, they never had... I don't, did they ever have war games at a Survivor Series? No, but they had war okay. games for NXT. Oh, so yeah, I yeah, I, I, know, I know that, Mike. Right. But I'm just wondering if they, you know, would add it. You know, because that was, that was a, great, a great show. I, I enjoyed war games. But yeah, when they had the three brands going at each other... All right, I'm at the 17th Survivor Series. Oh, I wow! For, the, for a second there, I almost shit my pants. It said 450,000. I'm like, what? And that was the buy rate. Oh, wow, okay. this is a horrible Survivor Series. Right. At the American yeah. Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas, they drew 13,487 people. That's an yeah. embarrassment now. Right. And that was that was what Survivor Series. Oh, I don't know. Whatever it was. In uh, 2000, I mean, 2002? I believe the earlier Survivor Series that they've had, they didn't have them in stadiums. They just had them in arenas. Right. right. Well, that's where they had most of them. The only one they ever had in a stadium. I don't even, They didn't even have WrestleManias in stadiums back then. They would never no. sell them. I'm like, this one uh, here in 1999, um, Joe Louis Arena, 18,700 people. Survivor Series 1988, subtitled, Deadly Game. <laughs> Deadly uh, Game? Yeah. Oh, well, you should know. You saw them all. You watched every Survivor Series. You should know that. 1988? No, 1998. Oh, I thought you said 1988. Well, no, you don't listen. 1988 was the first Survivor Series. Oh. Survivor, Survivor Series 1996, the 10th annual Back to Attack. <laughs> uh, almost there. I'm in 1993. I, I mean, there was a pay-per-view that they had. I can't remember the name of it. We always thought that it was a really dumb name for a pay-per-view. Oh, did it wasn't there. Fastlane? Fastlane, maybe? Was it Fastlane? I don't know. I don't know. I think it might have been. So when was the first Survivor Series? I think it was 1988. Wrong! Or was that Summer? No, SummerSlam was 88. The first Survivor Series was 85, wasn't it? 87. Keep guessing. You watched them all. You should know. Well, I said either 88 or 87. No, you did not. 
When I said 88, I, I had said either 88 or 87. Well, the very, very first Survivor Series had a 5-on-5 Survivor Series match with Brutus Beefcake, Jake Roberts, Jim Duggan, Randy Savage, and Ricky Steamboat against Dangerous Danny Davis. Wasn't he a referee? Yes, he was. Yes. Then he became a member of the Archon. So. Um, Harley Race, Hercules, the Honky Tonk Man, and Ron Bass. It had, um, I guess this, yeah, a woman's one where it had the fabulous Moolah, the Jumping Bomb Angels, which was yeah, Itsuki Yamazaki and Mario Tatino, um, yeah. Rockin' Robin and Velvet McIntyre. They defeated Dawn Marie. Donna Christina, Christa Nello, the Glamour Girls, which was Leilani Kai and Judy Martin, and then Sensational Sherry. They had a 10-on-10 tag team Survivor Series match. The British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith and the Dynamite Kid, the Killer Bees, B. Brian Blair and Jim Brunzel, the Fabulous Rougeaus, Jacques and Raymond. Strike Force, which was Rick Martel and Tino Santana. And the Young Stallions, which was Jim Powers and Paul Roma. They yep. defeated the Bolsheviks, Boris Zukov and Nikolai Volkov. Demolition, Axe and Smash. The Dream Team of Dino Bravo and Greg the Hammer Valentine. The Hart Foundation, Bret Hart and Jim the Anvil Nightheart. The Islanders, Haku and Tama. Then they had the fourth and only other match of the Survivor Series. Could you imagine how pissed off we would be if we saw a pay-per-view, especially one of the big four, with only four matches? Yep. But hey, this you know, one... This one had Andre the Giant, Butch Reed, King Kong Bundy, One Man Gang, and Rick Rude against Bam Bam Bigelow, Don Morocco, Hulk Hogan, Ken Patera, and Paul Orndorff. How the fuck did they reinforce that ring to be able to stand with all those men in it? I know. But the information we were looking to confirm... Uh, the 1987 Survivor Series was the inaugural Survivor Series professional wrestling pay-per-view event produced by the World Wrestling Federation, now, know, now known as WWE. It took place on, drumroll please, Thanksgiving night on November 26th, yep. held at the Ridgefield Coliseum in Richfield Township, Ohio, with an attendance of 21,300, and the tagline, the biggest event since WrestleMania. <laughs> yep, and, and to my knowledge, to this day, I believe that's the only pay-per-view they've had that hasn't been on a weekend. 
It was on Thanksgiving night, which was a Thursday night. Yep. So that was a stroll down memory lane. I <laughs> years. Yeah. I yeah. 50% of that roster dead. <laughs> so. But but the surprising thing to me is I mean yeah there were like that one tag team that had those Japanese wrestlers in it that I never heard of. Um, but I, I, I've heard and seen 90% of all those wrestlers listed actually wrestle at some point. So, yep. I mean, I'm not the great historian. I, I couldn't tell you. I would never have been able to tell you that it was on Thanksgiving night. Um, you know, back then it was my poor days in life where we didn't watch. We couldn't afford to pay for pay-per-view, mat, you know, events like that. So if it wasn't yep. on free TV, I never saw it. And that was that was the one thing I always remembered being sixty years old, and it was a long time away, a real long time ago. That was the one thing I specifically remembered about the very first Survivor Series was it was on Thanksgiving night. Yeah, you would have been you would have been twenty four years old. Eating my Thanksgiving dinner, sitting and all right, good. Now in a couple more hours, I'm going to watch the Survivor Series, and that was something that always stuck out to me. Yeah, it wasn't until probably, I'll be honest with you, it probably wasn't until close to the late, mid to late 90s that I was able to start watching wrestling pay-per-views, and that's because those illegal cable boxes started to come out, and I bought one. Um, oh, so, probably, like I said, it probably wasn't until the mid-90s, actually, Um because I know Joe was alive. Um, so it was actually early to mid-90s till I started watching yeah. pay-per-views. Yep. Um, but yeah, that was a nice stroll down memory lane with all the names from the past. Yeah. So I remember the Jumping Bomb Angels and that highly touted women's tag team from Japan that lasted all of about three weeks and that was it. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, they came in very highly touted. Then they were in the Survivor Series, and after that, they advanced like a part in the wind. But anyway, all righty. So once again, another great show, Greg. Yes, and, it was. Uh, getting ready to, you know, end on a very good note. It's always been a great pleasure to do the show twice a week with my best friend and my tag team partner, the Nugster. You know, for a man who's been watching wrestling since the 90s, the knowledge this man has is amazing because it shows right there he does his homework. So, so on behalf of the Nugster Greg, this is the illustrious Mr. Trivia for the Top Rope Report, saying thank you all for your questions and comments, and we'll see you on Wednesday.